0: Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Walter Montero from Coldwell Banker Maximum Results, and this week on uh, Interview with the Experts, we're speaking to Mike Braga from BDO Canada. Good afternoon, Mike.
1: Good afternoon, Walter. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Um, I just wanted to um, talk to you a little bit about uh, the, uh, your role and in, uh, in, in what you, you can do for our listeners. Uh, starting off, more importantly, I guess, with uh, what exactly is the role of a, a trustee in bankruptcy?
1: So trustee in bankruptcy as a court officer, what our role is is to make sure that the bankruptcy and insolvency laws that govern can, uh, Canadians are carried out the way they were, they were intended. Um, So we have responsibilities to to debtors who are seeking the process to make sure that they're well informed of all of their their options, both legal and non-legal, but also have responsibilities to creditors to make sure that they're getting the maximum dollars that they possibly can.
0: Okay, perfect. So now what exactly does bankruptcy mean?
1: Bankruptcy, as I said, is a legal process. So it's basically intended for individuals who can't pay their debts. It's to give them the opportunity to to remove themselves from that burden uh, and allowing them a fresh start um, that they require. Um, so it's it's a legal process whereby a trustee goes in and tries to convert assets to cash and and relieve those debts for the for the unfortunate debtor. I see. Okay.
0: So now uh, you hear the term bankruptcy and and you hear credit proposal. Uh, what exactly is the difference between a credit proposal and a and a bankruptcy?
1: So a consumer proposal is a payment plan to the creditors. So basically, for those individuals who have a steady flow of income um, or you know have some capacity to make payments to the creditors what we're trying to do is come up with a payment plan where they pay a percentage of their debts back, so usually in the range of 30 to 60% of the debt level. However, because it is still governed by the bankruptcy legislation, there are, um, there are negative impacts to the credit rating. A bankruptcy is, is the extreme last resort, and that's for people who can't make any payments or, or don't have the dollars um, to come to payment plans with their creditors. Those are the, you know, the extreme cases where they just need relief see, okay. Now, uh, when, when should somebody actually
0: consider any of these options?
1: If a person has experienced collection calls or receiving letters from their creditors for payment, if they're finding that they're using credit um, to, to finance their everyday living expenses, or if they're getting to the point where they're unable to make their payments on, on their credit cards or their, or their debts, it's time for them to seek expert an, an expert opinion. I see okay now
0: should um, should a lawyer be involved in a bankruptcy, or in other words should uh, should somebody seek legal counsel before speaking to a trustee?
1: in Canada, it's not necessary. Most debtors will go through the uh, the bankruptcy process without having um, having to seek. Legal counsel. However, there are a few individuals, you know, directors of corporations, if they have to file bankruptcy, or if there are s- some certain transactions um, that ha- have happened in the past, those individuals, yes, should seek legal counsel. What I usually recommend to individuals is trustees in bankruptcy offer a, a one-hour, usually initial consultation that's free of charge. Okay. Usually, after you come to after you come to that appointment, you'll have a, a clearer idea of both your options and whether you need to seek legal advice before you proceed take okay. advantage of that opportunity
0: okay, perfect. so they can come in and talk to you before they before they do anything really right
1: absolutely and okay. and the intention there and as a trustee in bankruptcy when i I have to review all the options, you know we have to tell them everything that's available to them, both the legal options, the bankruptcy or the proposal. but if there's anything else that's available to them, it's my responsibility as an officer of the court to make sure that they're informed of that
0: okay. Now, uh, being that uh, a lot of our listeners are homeowners or would be homeowners, um, what is the danger of somebody you know a homeowner per, uh, losing their house in a bankruptcy will they Will they lose their house?
1: Not necessarily, and this is a, a question that often comes up in the initial interviews and it's what prevents many people from coming in to speak with us. A trustee in bankruptcy is only interested in equity. So, if we're doing a review of the property and there's no equity in the house, if the individual wants to stay in the house and file bankruptcy, they can. They just need to speak with their mortgage company and make sure that they continue to make the mortgage payments as required. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. danger is if they're behind in their mortgage payments at, up till that point uh, or you know if there's been any insta- instability in, in their payment history in the past, then it, it becomes dicey or tricky. Now, for those individuals who are sitting on a little bit of equity, um, the option there to stay in the house is that amount needs to be paid into the bankruptcy estate. And that's where oftentimes we will, in, in association with mortgage professionals, you know, get them a second mortgage to pay the, um, to pay the equity into the bankruptcy estate so they can still stay in their house. Mm,
0: okay. All right. So basically, if they, if they are in good standing with the mortgage that's in place, uh, they can draw out that equity by way of uh, a second mortgage or, or a refinance, is what you're That's saying right. then, right? Okay. Yes. Okay, yes. I got and,
1: it. And still be able to stay in their house and file bankruptcy and get the relief that they need from the credit card debt or the other unsecured debt that they typically have racked up.
0: Okay, now is there is there like a a tolerance in terms of, you know, how much equity can be left in the property? I mean, realistically, you know, from a... You know, a secondary financing position. From what I know, anyway, uh, you know, a lot of times these lenders don't finance. You know, 100% of the value of the property. Is what if there's still, you know, five or ten or even 15% equity? What what happens then?
1: Well, when we look at the equity calculation, oftentimes the trustee will factor in costs of sale, even though the house isn't being sold. When we are doing our equity calculation, we are putting in some sort of buffer um, for that for that um, for this type of reason. And we know that when we're doing equity calculations, there's going to be fluctuations in sales prices or you know the opinion of value is not bang on. So yes, there is a buffer. Um, so, I mean, people shouldn't be concerned. They should be coming in with, with all of the information so we can do that full assessment for them.
0: Okay. Perfect. Now, what about RSPs or uh, any other kind of pension plans? Are they affected by bankruptcy?
1: They can be. The current legislation changed in September of 2009 and so basically what it says is any RSP contributions that have been made more than a year prior to the date of bankruptcy are protected. So they cannot be touched. Um, anything, any contributions made within the year prior to the bankruptcy, those will come in for the creditors. And so this is an important distinction, and many of your listeners should know that because oftentimes the first recourse that people will take when they're in, the, in, in debt issues is they will collapse their RSGs, try to pay off their debt, um, or pay off a portion of their debt. That's not always the best decision for them. So again, you know, availing themselves of that initial interview, coming in and speaking with somebody before they take drastic steps, that's key for them. hmm hmm
0: Okay, now now what about uh, married couples? Uh, if one declares bankruptcy and the other one doesn't, uh, mm-hmm. does the non-declaring person have uh, any exposure or issues, um, or are they isolated from the problem altogether?
1: the The rule of thumb is if they're separate debts and they're separate assets, then there is no crossover. Okay. Um, now you you start getting into issues if there's a joint debt that will crossover. Um, so you know in Canada. Just because you're married doesn't mean you're obligated to your spouse's debts. Um, the only exception to that is with Canada Revenue Agency, and so people need to be clear. If they do have Canada Revenue Agency debt because of the, the tax laws in place, oftentimes they can cross over, but the general credit card doesn't work that way.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, so the government gets the, uh, gets the extra step, but everybody else doesn't. Which is usually the okay. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Okay, so Mike, this has been great information. Uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they need to seek your advice?
1: They can fire me off an email at m b r a g a c a, or they can give us a call at 519-570-4000.
0: Excellent. Okay, Mike, well, thank you very much. And uh, again, folks, uh, this is Walter Montero with Coldwell Banker, and uh, thanks for listening this week.